This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You shouldn't go to Barnes & Noble and buy 10,000 books just so you can build a book fortress and yell out, I am your book leader. You shouldn't buy 147 copies of War and Peace, stuff them inside turkeys, and serve them at Thanksgiving as Turbukens. And you definitely shouldn't buy up all the copies of Dort Diaries, causing the neighborhood kids to stage a protest in your front yard. But you could. Because at the Barnes & Noble Book Hall, you can get over a 1,000 titles for 50% off. Stock up at your local Barnes & Noble. Turbukens are fictitious and should not be cooked at home. You are listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. All right, we are back here for On the Daily, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by Rotoviz Radio. Uh, we had some issues here with the video feed getting live, that's why we're a little late, but we are excited here to be live on Twitch, streaming On the Daily for the first time. We're going to be doing this every week. We have a fallen comrade, Matt Lamarca, unable to join us tonight. Uh, you know, got back from the Vegas trip. We were able to do laying the points last night, but I think uh, ultimately just a little too cashed. Uh, has said he's got a lot going on. I'm sure he's got to catch up on a lot of work from being out. Obviously, uh, the world of the NBA does not stop just because he's out of town. But I am fortunately joined. As always, by future... Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Out of the year, host of the bogey-free DFS show and esteemed colleague at Rotoviz, son of the Matt Jones, you can find on Twitter, at MattJonesTFR. Jonesy, what's shaking? Not much. Just uh, just ready to dive into some football. I was uh, was out last week, obviously. So we're uh, me and Lamarca are obviously not on speaking terms. I return and he leaves. Um, so yeah, just uh, just excited to talk some football with you. I've had two awful weeks in a row, so I'm hoping I can get back on the uh, the money train this week. Yeah, and the uh, I mean the listeners have never seen you and Lamarca in the same place, so. True. People are questioning, is it possible that you're the same guy? And our transition to video just, uh, you know, sunk the alter ego down to just one man. People are asking. People are asking. I mean, the DMs are, are loaded. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, we are pumped to be here. And, of course, I have to remind you before we get into the show, that you can still get that 30% discount to Rotoviz NFL Pass through the podcast homepage or rotoviz.com slash podcast. Set yourselves up to win your leagues this year. It's end of the season, end of the regular fantasy season. Uh, only a couple weeks left. You got to make that playoff push, and then you want to make the run, obviously, to a title. So Rotoviz has all you need to help you there. Uh, we also have a Patreon account, Patreon.com/RotovizRadio. Uh, for just five dollars, you gain access to our Sunday morning live show, which is Rotoviz Live, uh, available every Sunday at 11 a.m. during the season, answering all of your fantasy questions. So five dollars, you get Rotoviz Live four times a month. But we also have, you know, another 40 podcasts a month that you don't pay for. So uh, your your donation really helps us out, helps us to continue to provide uh, what we believe is industry-leading content. All right. Before we get into uh, the new stuff, I guess, for the week, let's talk about the Listener League, which, uh, I mean, was taken down really in impressive fashion this week. Um, not by me. But by Steak Tips, nine ninety nine. Uh, first of all, hats off to Steak Tips, nine ninety nine for having a really impressive username. Yeah, what a name! Um, but we're also really excited because Steak Tips, uh, nine ninety nine, was able to dominate the listener league. Uh, I mean, just completely crushed it. Steak Tips had 
184 DraftKings points in his winning lineup. Uh, had the Andrew Luck stack uh, to Eric Ebron. Uh, actually played both Colts tight ends, uh, but obviously it was Ebron at 5% who paved the way to victory. Also had Aaron Jones. Also had Julian Edelman, who very quietly went over 100 yards. Uh, and of course, Michael Thomas. So, you know, great lineup from stake tips. Uh, Lamarca was also able to find Pater this week. He went and finished fourth. So we would talk about his lineup more, but he's not here. So <laughs> we're and not going to talk missed, about his right? lineup. Instead, we're going to go and talk about my winning lineup in the three man. Oh, um, just getting right back on track. The standings in the three man, me, five and a half wins. You, Jonesy, three and a half wins, and Lamarca, a lonely, lonely one win. Very uh, lonely. Very lonely. Now, if you cashed, if you checked out my cash game review show on Monday, then those of you looking at, you know, the, the feed on the stream, you can see this is actually not my cash game lineup, uh, but it is very, very close. So, uh, Matt Lamarca got out to a pretty early lead, and after the 1 p.m. games, I did a little math, and uh, I can see that, uh, Lamarca very, very likely had Todd Gurley and Keenan Allen remaining. I, of course, had Gurley, Keenan Allen, and Mike Davis. Um, so I pretty much needed like 20 points out of Davis to win. Decided instead to swap uh, Davis and Keenan to Cooper Cup and Aaron Jones, hoping to uh, make a comeback. And, of course, Jones went off. So uh, the pivot there worked out really well. Again, this is something that you should be doing in your three-mans, in your head-to-heads. You should be checking to see, you know, the scores after the 1 o'clock games and uh, the difference, in, the salary differences and stuff like that. I mean, it's pretty tedious, especially those of you who are playing, like, high-volume head-to-heads. Uh, even with, like, uh, you know, Chrome extensions and stuff that'll help you see the salary changes and everything and, and when you should pivot, it's hard to manually change like a hundred different lineups so but yeah, you definitely should be trying to late swap if your cash game team gets off to a poor stop uh poor start jonesy uh not your best showing you no scored, just awful you scored just 52 real bad. less points than me but uh in fairness no, to you we didn't need to really like you know well, we got listen, it <laughs> in, in fairness to you 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 told me on sunday morning that you were playing a gpp team and you planned on finishing yeah. first or last so i mean if you're not first, you're last. Who cares, right? It's true. Yeah, I uh, like I said, it. I I legitimately had the first eight weeks of the season were all like winning weeks, and the last two weeks I've given all of it back and probably then some. So <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a rough go. It was not a not a great Sunday. I uh, probably turned everything off around like three forty five because. I had a lot of early, you know, early guys and just that didn't go well. And I knew once the uh, the late games kicked off, I was just going to keep dropping and dropping and dropping. So, yeah. yeah, it's a tough feeling. Like, I know uh, you're obviously big into the PGA life. Like when your guys just eject on Thursday, it just sucks. Like that's the equivalent here of like the 1 p.m. Yeah. slump. And that's like that's also then four days of just like <laughs> feeling like right. garbage. You, you, you know? shouldn't be checking. Like, you shouldn't be checking DraftKings, but you are anyway. Like, right. Um, I actually have a, a pretty uh, pretty decent lineup going in PGA right now, and I'm like, it's Thursday, so I'm obviously gonna lose all the money. <laughs> well, I hope not, Matt. But let's get into this week's slate. I actually really like this slate. Um, we miss out on a bunch of really good teams because of the schedule with the primetime games. But I, I think we have a really fun slate ahead of us. And we will start, at, of course, with quarterback. Uh, the main slate, you know, we have no Mahomes, no Goff, no Rodgers, no Wilson, no Brady, no Cousins between Thursday, Sunday, night, Thursday, Sunday Monday night and buys. Uh, a lot of star power off the board. But we do have Drew Brees, who's the highest priced quarterback at 6,500. Uh, is he your favorite quarterback for cash games in the 6K range? Or is there someone you prefer more? And uh, what about tournaments? Yeah, I mean, since since the most expensive quarterback is, you know, pretty reasonably priced this week, you don't have like a $7,200 Mahomes or something like that. Like they didn't really adjust so that the, the most expensive guy is over 7K. So I think you can probably get away with playing Breeze. Um and I don't really see 
you know, I don't really see much of an argument against him. Um, so he makes a, he makes a bunch of sense, uh, for, for cash, if you can get there, which I think we can. Um, but honestly, like, I don't know this whole, this whole like $6,000 range, like it, is there anybody up here that you really think is like not playable? Like, I feel like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked if I saw any of the 6k, I almost said golfers, any of the 6k quarterbacks, um, in like cash game rosters uh here and there yeah i mean in fairness all the 6k guys with the exception of rivers are projected to have the same ownership on labs so i think that uh you know levitan who does the ownership projections i think he agrees with you uh you know for me i do think that breeze and probably cam newton are the clear class of the group yeah um you know i don't love big dogs like wentz I don't think that the pace of the Atlanta game is is good. So, like, I, I do think that Cam and Breeze are clearly the best. Uh, but certainly you can make a case for all these guys. You know, uh, the thing for me is just that, like, the quarterback pricing, like you said, continues to get so condensed. It's almost – it's really difficult. Like, you're so tempted, I feel like, to go up to a Breeze or a Cam. You're not really going up. Like, you're kind of just, like, right. you know, you're moving up a little bit. Yeah, you would think that – I mean, obviously, if you've listened to any, like – any football fantasy football content ever, you know that like quarterback ceilings are all pretty compressed. So you would think that the prices would be close together like this, but you know, a little bit more expensive maybe, but DraftKings doesn't really seem that they're doing that. So we should probably just listen and not, you know, not go crazy and try to find this like unbelievable values and get like dumpster divey and just like play the good Quarterbacks. Like I know that sounds stupid, but it's probably something that people are just in the habit of being like, I need value a quarterback. Where where's the value? Yeah. When the best guys were seven K every week, when they were like six or seven, seven K quarterbacks, you know, paying down obviously made a lot of sense. Now it might right. not. Exactly. Uh speaking of which, the biggest injury news of the position uh is probably Joe Flacco, still not practicing with a hip injury. It sounds like Lamar Jackson may not even be the preferred quarterback to start. Missed today with a stomach bug. Uh, RG3 is kind of sitting there lurking. Uh, both Jackson and RG3 are 4,700, though. So uh, in terms of roster construction, not a big change. Uh, if Flacco were to sit, any interest in Jackson or Griffin, whoever the starter is? I just – I don't know, man. Like – I. I'm a Jackson guy, like I I believe in him long term, but I just can't imagine sort of like needing to play him. And I, I just I don't see that game I don't know. I, I don't really like that game much now anyway, with all this uncertainty. Um so I, I would be hard pressed to go that low. Like I don't think I would dip um sort of much lower than like the like 5,500 range this week personally. So um, I am not going to be tempted by a $4,700 Jackson or RG3. Yeah, it's kind of how I feel, although like I do feel like Jackson's rushing upside is is palatable at that price. Um, probably, definitely not looking to stack though. Like if I were going to play yeah. him, it'd just be like naked, naked right. Jackson. Uh, but like you said, I mean, guys, I mean, we'll talk about these guys in a couple of minutes, but like, you know, Eli is only like $500 more. Like it's not really right. And he's like going to play every snap. You know what I mean? Like the, the thing with the Baltimore situation is like, it sounds like Baltimore is not like super committed to playing just one guy the whole game. It sounds like even if Jackson starts, uh, you know, RG three will play or even if RG three starts, Jackson will play. And it's just, you don't like obviously split snaps at quarterback. So that'll pass. Yeah. Well. <laughs> uh, so how about the five to six K range, man? I mean, obviously the bulk of the quarterbacks are here. Who were some of your favorite options for for any format? Um, yeah, I mean, I think like how how poorly did Ryan Fitzpatrick have to run last week to throw for over four hundred yards and like didn't even break twenty points? The the poorest, I think, is, is like that's answer. that's really an insane thing. Like, I if I had more time this week, I would have looked up how many times that's happened, but I doubt it's <laughs> it's very many times. Um, to throw for four hundred yards and have zero touchdowns is it seems almost impossible. So I'm thinking that that's probably about he's probably in a bounce back spot against a Giants team who just went across the country, won a game. Um, 
kind of seems like not like they're like really playing for anything, but seems like sort of a letdown spot. Um, and I just I can't imagine the Giants doing anything right unless they're playing a team like the 49ers. So um, Fitzpatrick makes a ton of sense to me. Uh, we mentioned Cam already, who I really like. And I've just I'm having a really hard time not just playing like a ton of luck every week. Sure. He's been like he's been hot fire. Yeah, like it's insane. I I don't really uh, I'm looking through it now. So in this entire season, he's only been double digit owned one time and he hasn't been over 5% besides wow. that one time. For a guy who's on pace to throw like it may have dipped below 700 times now, but pretty close to 700 times for the season. Uh, I, I have a hard time getting away from him at 5,900. Yeah, I mean, it's totally fair. Luck's touchdown rate this season has been incredible. Uh, he's really been like back to his old self, back to that 2014 form ever since they started letting him throw deep again. You know, the arm strength seems to be back. So definitely agree on luck. Uh, I did look up the Fitzpatrick stat, you know, 400 or more passing yards and uh, zero touchdowns. Uh, Matt Stafford has actually done it twice. He, he did it in 2017. <laughs> that isn't terribly shocking. <laughs> he did it in 2017 and he did it in 2012. Uh, but those are the only three times it's happened since 2000. So obviously very, very rare. It's only happened eight times total since 1986. So uh, fair to say Fitzpatrick ran... Horribly, horribly bad. I mean, the, the team was in the red zone like five times, and they right. came away with literally three points. So, uh, yeah, nice. I mean, Fitzpatrick is my favorite quarterback player this week in all four matches because, you know, he's going to obviously be under-owned, you'd imagine, because of the, you know, terrible output last week when he was very popular. Right. The price is down, and he's thrown for 400 or more yards in four of the five games he's played, you know, start to finish. Like... The passing upside is just incredible. You know, the total's high. So I, I really love Fitzpatrick this week. I'm going right back to the well. I, like, I know that the, the numbers probably say you should play Eli because he's just so cheap and the matchup is so good. I just, like, don't believe that the Giants can win two games in a row. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I, I, I know that that's, like, hometown bias probably. I just don't think – I don't believe that it's true. I don't believe it's possible that the Giants can play well in two consecutive games, even against bad teams. Yeah. Um, and I mean, even even last week, like, he threw for three touchdowns, Eli, and didn't break 20 DraftKings points. Exactly. So, like, so just, like, I, I, like I want the ceiling. It's just not, yeah. And uh, I like Big Ben in tournaments. 5,800 against Jacksonville. Shocker. <laughs> uh, low price. Yeah, Big, Big Ben is a brand guy, right? Um <laughs> Like, I really believe the home road splits were, were a Todd Haley thing, not a Big Ben thing. Uh, his home road splits this year are really, really tight. So I really don't think that uh, that we're going to have an issue with Roethlisberger this week. I mean, the Jacksonville quarterback uh, – sorry, the Jacksonville defense hasn't played well. Only middle of the pack in passing DVOA, you know, right. 24th in, in pass coverage, which is not great. Yeah. Um, now, before we get to running backs, I do want to get to the chat. Uh, where Cajul has a question for us. He says, wrong to think that Dak is the chalk this week. Uh, I mean, Jones, I'll, I'll start with this and then I'll let you go. Um, I don't know if there's really going to be a true chalk quarterback this week. I think that with the lack of star power, uh, it kind of, kind of like deflates the, the need to like massively own one quarterback. And I think that all those 6K guys we were talking about before, uh, will all be more highly owned. I mean, I think Cam, Wentz, Breeze, and Ryan all have, uh, you know, basically have name value. I mean, Dallas has played better. They won last week, but I don't think anyone attributes that to Dak. And as a result, I don't really see him being a chalk option. Uh, what do you think, Jones? Yeah, no, I agree. I think maybe with this price, if Eli didn't play, you know, like reasonably well last week, you probably could have seen Dak get super popular. Or if there was like a guy in the 7K, like we said, maybe that would have happened. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I think he'll be reasonably owned, but not like, he won't be more than like Eli and Fitzpatrick, like in this 5K range, I don't think. Yeah, I would say under 10%. That's how I feel. Definitely, yeah. Let's get to running backs where again, you know, no Todd Gurley. 
But the 8K range is totally loaded. Uh, Melvin Gordon, Saquon Barkley, Zeke, Kamara, McCaffrey, all those guys are in the 8K range. And they all honestly have pretty good matchups. Um, I mean, maybe you think Detroit's not a great matchup, but because Detroit's not really good against the pass and McCaffrey's a pass catcher, I'd say it's a good matchup. Uh, I mean, who, who's your favorite of this group? And will you be playing more than one of them in cash games? I mean, my... I definitely want to play two of them in cash. Um, I don't really think that I ever, <laughs> I always say that and I don't think I ever end up really doing it, but, um, Fake fan. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, I would say that Melvin Gordon is probably my favorite. Like it's like a one a and one and one a situation with him and Barkley. Um, I think Zeke will obviously be the most popular and that's completely understandable. Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm a little, I'm a little concerned about Christian McCaffrey. Um, I looked into it on the road of his game splits and he, he sees more touches um, or opportunities as a favorite, but he on the road as a favorite in his career has like, like stark negative splits, like like a seven or six or seven point uh, difference in PPR points when he's on the road as a favorite um, compared to just a regular game. So that's a little concerning to me. And if there's a little concern in this range with all these other good options, I'm just going to avoid them. So I think I might be like full fading McCaffrey and trying to scoop up as much Gordon and Barkley as I can. Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to have to take a stand in this range because you just can't own, you know, even if you're building 150 lineups, you can't reasonably own all of these guys and, like, expect to be, like, differentiated from the field, you know? So I definitely think you have to take a stand. I mean, I think that Saquon is, like, the one AAA play. Like, I I don't think I'm going to fade him in a single lineup this week, cash or tournament, just because, like, the spot is so good. Last week was the first time all year he didn't hit 20 DraftKings points. Um, and this is the first time I, – I can't even say this straight away. This is the first time all season the Giants have been favored in an NFL football game. Uh, <laughs> so he may actually get, like, some good game script for Barkley. I mean, obviously he does a lot as a receiver anyway, and Tampa stinks that way as well. Um, but the Bucks have been especially poor since week seven – uh, they're allowing five yards per carry and 100 yards or more every game on the ground. Uh, direct correlation here with K1 Alexander and uh, Jack Shishi. I don't even know how you say that. Uh, suffering season-ending injuries. So, like, those guys out, new guys in, running backs running wild. And I think Barkley is, like, a legit top three running back talent. So, uh, kind of excited, honestly, to be able to get him in here. And I think that this is, like, it's a, it's a good reason, honestly, to not, to not get Eli. Because I just feel like I'm just going to play Quan, um, yeah. Rich Homie Quan. Uh, but I do agree that like Gordon is a good play. I kind of think that the Zeke spot is a little overrated. Uh, we do know that, of course, the Falcons have been funneling targets to running backs. But Deion Jones may be coming back this week at middle linebacker, and Jones has really been able to limit the yards on those catches uh, throughout his career. That's kind of why they were in that defense to begin with. So uh, don't necessarily love the, the Zeke spot. Um, obviously going right back to Kamara though. So I think, uh, Saquon, Kamara and Melvin in that order were probably my preferred guys in this range. Uh, but yep. I'm not sure I'm playing two of them in cash because of the couple, couple of the next guys we're going to talk about. Yeah. Makes sense. Dion Lewis Jones last week burned everyone only 8.8 DK points, but he still sits below 5k. Uh, are you going back to the well? Yeah, of course. Like I, I just, I can't stop. It's like him. Thank God that the Browns are on a bye this week because if I burn any more money on Jarvis Landry or David and Joku, I think I'm just going to quit. So, uh, yeah, Deion Lewis is one of those guys for me. Last week just got like completely out of hand, right? Like who, who really saw that just like drubbing of the Patriots coming? Like if, if the, if that game goes the way that we think it goes, then he's a smash play, like probably approaches 20 DK points. And, you know, we're all, we all have green screens, but that's not how it went. And, you know, Henry got the, what, two touchdowns last week. And that was sort of the ball game. Like that was the difference. 
between, um, you know, a, a lot of people losing and making money last week. So I'm going to go back to it. Uh, I think this is going to be a hopefully competitive game. Um, and I think that they want to use Lewis and 4,800. He doesn't have to do a ton to, um, you know, to, to sort of meet value there. So I will definitely be playing some Lewis, um, depending on how high his ownership gets, I'll probably be playing him in cash, but might be considering a fade in, in tournaments. Yeah. I mean, Lewis is still dominating the snaps. Uh, he's done so really each of the last three games. Uh, and is still seeing a ton of rush attempts. I mean, 20 carries last week, only 57 yards. I think that uh, that's probably a lower end of the spectrum, you know, outcome for him. Right. Uh, you would hope. He's really clearly not going to be using the goal line. Like, that's obviously Derrick Henry's job. And that is concerning. But, like, you're probably not playing Deion Lewis for touchdowns anyway. You're playing him for overall workload. You're playing him for, you know, receiving targets. And you're hoping to get a touchdown. So, like... When he is, when his price eventually comes up, which I think it probably will after this week, you know, then we have to say, then we have to play the same game we play with Christian McCaffrey, where it's like, you know, is he going to score a touchdown? I mean, McCaffrey's scoring him now, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, if we can't get the touchdowns and he's 6K, then, you know, Derrick Henry is enough of a worry for us to fade him. But I think at 4,800, uh, we're still locking and loading. I just don't understand how, like, in the beginning of the game, he wasn't. Like target, I don't know. It's just it's it was just a weird thing. Like he was on the field for forty nine out of sixty five snaps and only saw two targets. Like I know the game got out of hand, but it wasn't like it wasn't like it was twenty one nothing in you know the first half, the first quarter. It was you know I don't know. It's just a just a weird outcome. That whole game was a little wonky to me. No, I totally agree. Uh, now David Johnson and James Conner both still sit in the mid to low seven K range. I mean DJ still technically coming up from like the pre-Leftwich stats and uh, Connor's going up against Jacksonville. So he has the, you know, matchup sensitive pricing. Uh, any interest in either guy here? Oh, come on. You know, I need me some DJ right now. Like this is the last time he's going to be under 8K for sure. I think um, I, I, I talked about on Sunday on the pod with Hassan and I really do think that like rest of season, he's probably at, like locked in as a top three running back for me. Um, and I don't think that there's any reason not to play him. Like they're, they're favored in this game, which how often is Arizona going to be favored? Um, never again so we like that. Year. Right. Like I haven't looked at this. Have they, is this the second time they played Oakland? Cause that's the only way that, <laughs> that they might not be. Uh, yeah. They play him one more time. So maybe again, uh, against Oakland, but pretty much they're never going to be favored. Um, we know that his usage is going up. He's seen uh, 20 and then 30 opportunities over the last two games. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to like play the hell out of David Johnson. Like, I don't understand why you wouldn't. And I think James Conner is in a great spot too. And I wouldn't – like, I would think that one of those two guys is going to be the other – cash game running back um for me like i will probably go gordon or barkley and dj or connor like that's my that's my thought process right now as far as cash goes yeah i mean i'm 100 percent playing dj uh at this price in cash and probably in tournaments too like they're just so clearly making an effort to get him the ball and right. like last week he had nine targets they were throwing a lot because they were trailing so much um but he's still also at 21 carries. Like the usage is, is outrageous now. It's back to 2016 usage. And especially as a favorite, like there's just no reason for them to force poor passes. I think they're just going to continue to funnel the ball to him and Fitz. Uh, you know, they moved him all around the formation last week, threw him a couple receiver screens. I just love what Leftwich is doing. Uh, and again, just Mike McCoy, you are the ultimate suck bag. Like, I don't know how you... It's <laughs> the worst. How could like, you, what adult? Yeah, like, how could you coach this team? Like, I was saying this last night on Lane the Points. Like, when the guy who's never called an offensive play comes in and does it better than you, you're not good at your job. Like, that's right. just... It's embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, DJ Smash, uh, Connor, I like in tournaments as well. Uh, so let's move on to just ask, like, in general, some of the guys we haven't... You know, anyone we haven't mentioned that you like in tournaments. 
Yeah, I mean, I think another guy that I'm just going to keep burning money on is Carryon Johnson. I his opportunity share. I think he's starting to sort of separate himself a little bit um, as the guy. Hopefully, that hopefully that will um, you know sort of continue. He, he saw 20 opportunities last week, um, 18 the week before. So he's he's been sort of ascending, and they're using him because they realize when. You know, they give him the ball. He's actually like a talented football player, unlikely Garrett Bunt. So that's sort of uh, I- I'm hoping that that continues. Um, I I'm curious your take, and this might sound stupid, but I just feel like Joe Mixon is he's 7100, and I know the matchup is obviously tough. But like, if we're gonna if we're gonna say you know they're playing with like a Robert Griffin or Lamar Jackson led offense there's a there's an avenue there for like cincinnati to just like run away with the game i would imagine do you think that there's any value there since he's going to be like probably the lowest owned guy above five thousand dollars i mean i i get the thought process of like the potential combo of game script and volume but he is a little banged up like i kind of wonder that like if they get a lead maybe they just take the gas off a little bit yeah, and uh, go to Geo more, or maybe even Walton. I, I I'm never really a mixing guy, so I'm probably the wrong person to ask. I'm I'm not either. Not That's really why I was like, I was kind of shocked that I was thinking about it, and I I just wanted your take, just because he's so he's going to be so low owned, especially if he keeps that questionable tag going into Sunday. Like, I don't know, I I could see him even if it's not like you know, a crazy like 35 carry game or something stupid. Like I could see him punching in a few touchdowns and for like for no ownership, I think it could be an interesting play in tournaments. Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, I mean, my guys are kind of on the other end of the spectrum. Uh, Jalen Richard at 4,300 and Theo Riddick at 4K. Uh, the pass volume for these guys has just been really good. Uh, Richard has led has led the the Raiders in targets more than any other player yeah. on the team. Uh, he's done it every week since the team traded Amari Cooper, and he's still only 4,300. And, you know, we just talked about how they're probably going to be trailing at Arizona, so probably a bunch of targets for him again. Uh, and the same kind of goes for Theo Riddick. Uh, once Golden Tate left, Riddick, you know, immediately started seeing more targets. Uh, he's scored double-digit DraftKings points each of the last two weeks. Uh, but hasn't found Pater yet. So, I mean, this it's a guy where, like, you know, he could catch 10 passes and score a touchdown and, you know, basically just have, like, a 26-point a game or something, like, all through receiving. Uh, and that wouldn't surprise me in this game. So, yeah, uh, I really like Riddick. Those are my two. All right, before we move on to wide receiver, I just want to challenge you all to get in on this week's Listener League. It's just $5 to enter. 40-man field. Uh, last week, you came really close to not filling. I mean, it was the 11th hour. I was getting frantic frantic texts from Jonesy, um, <laughs> but we filled it. Uh, don't cut it that close again. I mean, we'd love to hashtag make it bigger, um, but tonight, uh, we cannot. You know, we need, we need people to enter. We need people to enter fast. So get in. Take on myself and the mats. You'll likely take our money. Uh, the link of the contest can be found on our Twitter pages. And uh, I think for those of you checking this out on YouTube, I'm going to try to throw this in the description box as well. So let's move on to receivers. Uh, pretty interesting position to me this week. I think this is the one that has like the least number of obvious plays. Uh, but the one price that stood out the most to me was Antonio Brown at 7,800. Uh, hasn't been priced this low in over three years, but he's under 8K due to a combination of uh, you know supposed matchup and being only the eighth highest scoring receiver this season, as opposed to the number one. Uh, will you be playing him in cash games this weekend? And what about tournaments? Um, yes and yes. Uh, like, I don't know. Hasn't hasn't he already, like, proved that this matchup doesn't really matter to him? Like, and I don't, I'm not really, like, a firm believer in, like, I know it's a, it's a sort of a thing, and there are times where you should be paying attention to it. But I honestly, I think that the 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 baked in ownership discount that comes with some of these wide receiver cornerback matchups that people get so afraid of ends up making them making the wide receivers actually like a pretty solid play. Um, I was looking at the Sim score app before 
uh, over on Rotoviz, and the it, it basically picks handpicks like a hundred of the closest uh, similar games between the whatever the wide receiver's production is and the matchup. And forty percent of the comps were above thirty DraftKings points, which I thought was pretty pretty interesting considering it factors in defenses. Um, so I am I am playing a ton of Antonio Brown this weekend. Nice. I had a feeling we'd be on the same page with this. Uh, yeah. I mean, I like AB obviously as well. Jags twenty fourth in PFF coverage grade. Uh, you know, I mentioned all these stats before when we talk about Big Ben. So obviously, I like AB. Uh, I mean just dominant against anybody, right? Like he's still one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in football, uh, you know, crushed against them last year in the playoffs. Uh, and that was when Jacksonville was Jacksonville. You know, now they're kind of just eh, uh, very average. So I love it. And honestly, I hope that they shadow him with Jalen Ramsey. Bring it on because I think AB would just get the crap out of him right now uh, at their respective levels of play. Agree. Uh, so if you're not playing Brown, maybe in a cash setting you decide to go elsewhere or uh, you know you want to get another stud receiver in tournaments, uh, who are you looking to play? Um, I mean, I think that Michael Thomas probably ends up as the highest scoring receiver on the board. Obviously, you're paying for that, so you would hope that that's the case. Um, but as far as like above 7,000, like I really think I know we're not doing it this week, but I really think Mike Evans is going to be in the Millie lineup this weekend. Like I just, I he's going to be a little under owned cause he's right next to Brown. And I just feel like he's going to go off like Goodwin may miss the game. Not that that's like a huge differentiator, but um, it doesn't hurt for sure. Um, so I think, I think Evans is actually like, uh, a pretty elite GPP play this this uh, this weekend. Yeah, I mean he hasn't been good lately. So, uh, but the volume has been there for the most part. Uh, I definitely vibe with that. Uh, but I think like all these guys, I mean Julio is honestly the guy I like the least because the Dallas corners are actually really really good. You mean touchdown machine Julio? To so yeah, touchdown on pace to score sixteen touchdowns over his last two games, uh, Julio Jones. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Michael Thomas is obviously a stone cold thud. He's catching 90% of his passes. Uh, but Odell is in a great matchup with Tampa Hopkins under 8k really surprised me. I mean, I don't know if that's just like a Norman thing, but you have to think that without Will Fuller, even with DT there, that Hopkins is going to see a ton of targets. So I'd say Hopkins probably my favorite just because of the price. Uh, but I think all three of those guys are in play. Uh, and of course, uh, AB. So uh, yeah, I, I can't I go think, wrong, but the lack of like, sorry, but like the lack of like the obvious, the fact that like it's not obvious, I feel like means there's going to be a lot of differentiation in those areas. Yeah. And I think you can, you can definitely like, you should have exposure to everybody from Evans up sort of like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be fading any of those guys this week if I'm building multiple lineups. All right. Um, let's move on to the next question which takes us to Detroit because, you know, really not a ton of injuries this week at the position, but Marvin Jones seems unlikely to play with a bone bruise on his knee. Uh, team obviously already is down Golden Tate. So how are, how interested are you in Kenny Galladay at 5,800 and uh, presumed starter in this scenario, TJ Jones all the way down at 3,300? Um, yeah, I mean, God, like if they can keep Stafford upright for more than like 1.7 seconds per snap, like that would be awesome. Um, cause it's just been brutal. Like the poor guy has just been like on his ass every time you turn around. I think Galladay makes the most sense. Like I don't think you need TJ Jones. Like I don't think you need a guy for 3,300 unless you're talking about a GPP where you want to like, throw him in and just like jam in all like the top three running backs like we were talking about before. Right. Um, you definitely don't need it. It's it's nice if you could do that. And at 3,300, he probably just needs like, I don't know what, four catches maybe to, to sort of reach value. And if Galladay's the only other one that they're throwing to, he's probably going to see that pretty, pretty simply. Um, I just don't love it. Like, like I, I wouldn't feel comfortable clicking on his name. Like the the ult- 
at the end of the night, when you realize how many lineups you like torpedoed, you're going to be like, of course it didn't work. Like why, why would I play TJ Jones? Like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I will say that, you know, they're the secondary receivers have done pretty decent against Carolina. Obviously we saw Adam Humphreys go nuts against them. Uh, so it is possible that, you know, Jones gets some love here, uh, but I kind of agree. I mean, if, if we're going to play Deion Lewis, if we're going to save at a couple of these other spots, um, obviously we're going to save at quarterback. I always save at defense. Like you maybe don't have to go this low, but I do think there's going to end up being like two or three, you know, three K range receivers this week that we have to at least think about. Jones is one of them, but I, I love Galladay. I actually, I would say that if Jones doesn't play, I would much prefer locking Galladay than Lockin Jones just because I, I think Galladay is already underpriced with Tate not there. And, uh, you know, if, if Jones was out too, I think he would just smash. So I, I love Galladay in this situation. Uh, would prefer him to Jones even with the price tag. In Oakland, we have some injury news as well. I mean, obviously all the best receiver cores are getting hurt right now. Uh, Martavis Bryant and Jordy Nelson both seem unlikely to play. Uh, I mean, Martavis Bryant is almost definitely not playing. It sounds like he might have tore something up in, in his knee. Uh, Nelson, maybe, I guess, but he's still not practicing. Uh, so that leaves, you know, the immortal Seth Roberts and, uh, newfound WR1 of the Raiders, Brandon LaFell, as the starters. You know, both are under 3,500. Any interest for cash or tournaments? Uh, I, I, like, that's, that's like a maybe tournament type thing, but I, I think there's, Probably a bigger beneficiary at other positions between Richard and Cook uh, in that situation if they're both out. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think that it's more likely this is going to go to the running back and tight end spots because those spots are kind of already seeing more targets. I will say that LaFell has seen, um, you know, he had six targets last week, three the game before that, four the game before that. Like he is, you know, seeing some decent usage. Uh, so I, I don't hate it. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. I think if I had to rank the cheap guys, it would be LaFell 1, TJ Jones 2, and uh, Seth Roberts 3. Uh, so that's that's how I feel about those guys. Yep. Uh, but again, not sure you're going to have to play any of them in cash. All right, Jones, let's talk tournaments. Uh, we've kind of covered every range of the salary scale at this point. Who Who's like your – basically just give me your one or two favorite guys that we haven't already discussed. Um, I think there was, there's been a definite, um, sort of effort to get Larry Fitzgerald the ball too. He's had 22 targets over the past two games. Um, so I think if you're making a bunch of lineups and you have some lineups that don't have DJ, I think Fitz makes some sense, uh, to mix him in as well. Cause they're obviously trying to get him the ball a bit. Um, I don't know, like, is, like, people are going to be playing Amari Cooper, right? Like, what, what, like, what are we doing with that? <laughs> I'm, I'm playing him. I like him. 18 targets the last two weeks. I don't know, it just, it just doesn't feel good. Like, it's just not, it's not like an excited click, you know? Listen, if they were all exciting clicks, we'd never win. Right? <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but I, you know uh, what I mean, though? No, it's just I, get what you're, I get what you're it's saying. Like, damn, it's like, I know I have to do it probably. But I don't know, like he's he's cash, I guess. But like I could see just like fading him in tournaments and hoping. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That like he has that like Amari Cooper disappearing act sort of thing. I mean, listen, I don't know. he's not he's not scoring like he's not scoring a lot and he's not creating a lot of big plays. Like a lot of that's probably has to do with the offense that he's in now. So like yeah, I mean at fifty four hundred or whatever it is, like is he gonna completely bury you this week? Probably not in like a tournament setting. But I do like his volume. Like I, I think that he's a guy that like a lot of the models might miss just because yeah. like you know, the sample size on him is, is fairly small for the new new digs. Yeah. The the only other guys I'm really like sort of excited about like i mentioned luck so i'm definitely going to be stacking him with hilton um and i don't know like maybe a, a dart throw of like i don't know i keep playing willie sneed so i probably will have to again this week just out there all right i mean i kind of like the denver receivers uh yeah we really haven't seen like a huge price bump for either sanders or sutton i mean sutton's up to mid fours now but like, it still feels like it could be underpriced if they're down to the Chargers and throwing. 
Um, you know, and Sanders has kind of always been good. So uh, I think those are two guys to look at. But yeah, I mean, for the most part, I'm playing the guys that we discussed. Uh, I'm not looking to go terribly off the board this week other than, you know, the six or eight guys that I think I really like. I don't think that you have to right. this week. That's fair. All right. Tight end was an abomination last week. I uh, I played the GOAT, John New Smith, and I was rewarded with a touchdown at min price. But for the most part, if you played like a touchdown with a name that like your neighbor would know, you did not do well. Right. Um, but this week, we do have Zach Ertz at 6,600. He's coming off a monster, monster game. I mean, do you have any interest here? Yes. <laughs> like, I just... I'm just kind of over like not paying for the tight end. Like if it's Ertz or it's Kelsey, I just think I'm going to have to figure out a way to get there. Like, I don't know. He's what? 6,600, right? So you figure that's like the, like Alshon Jeffrey, Emmanuel Sanders range in wide receivers. Like just go down a little bit in wide receivers and pay for Zach Ertz because he's going to get, I don't know what what's the lowest target number he got six this year, and outside of that, nothing below nine. Like, give me a break. Like, just play Zach Ertz and stop. Just do it. So you're like you're definitely playing him in cash. Like you're definitely playing him in tournaments where you can. Like you're just you're in. No questions asked. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I probably agree. I mean, especially with Philly being such like a... <laughs> I thought you were going to like completely disagree with me, and no, I was like, oh, no. shit. <laughs> I mean, especially with Philly being such a big dog, like you, you have to imagine they're going to throw. Like We know that Ertz is kind of like a go-to guy. Yeah. Uh, and the Saints are really, really beatable in the middle of the field. Like uh, When you look at kind of how they play defense, like people mentioned P.J. Williams in the slot. Like The Eagles flex out Ertz into the slot. I know that they have Golden Tate now, and Nestle Aguilar is still there, but I just believe that Ertz is going to be matched up pretty favorably a few times in this game. So I agree, you know, definitely want him if I can get him. Uh, but let's assume you live in a world where you can't get Zach Ertz. You're playing, you know, maybe the three high-priced running backs or, you know, you just have no real option to get Ertz in cash. Uh, who would be, you know, kind of your favorite player? I mean, I think Hooper probably makes sense. Like he seems um, like to a certain extent, he seems like, I guess the last like two weeks heading into the Cleveland game weren't great. Um, But three of the last five weeks, he's had double digit targets and at least has turned that into at least nine catches, which is like nine catches for a tight end at any price is solid, but he's been in like the mid fours. So you really like to see that. Um, They priced Ebron and Doyle right next to each other. And I don't know. I, I feel like this could be the ultimate troll. Like Doyle gets two touchdowns this week. So like maybe, maybe in GPPs, like that's a way to go. And I mentioned cook before if, if like all the wide receivers besides Brandon LaFell don't play, like they have to throw it to somebody in theory, right? Like maybe Jared cook could act like it's week one and do well. Well, first of all, cook was more than just a week one wonder. So how dare you? Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I oh, think, yeah. the, I think the other the two weeks that he <laughs> played well, <laughs> I mean, I think he's definitely the guy for me. Like if I can't get to Ertz, which I mean, I think it's possible that I, I'm not going to be able to get to Ertz this week. Uh, 3,900 represents a pretty big price decrease, despite the fact that he does, he saw nine targets last week. So I think that we already have the indicators right. out there that he's going to be, you know, if not the lead target getter, a major target getter with some of these receivers out. Uh, so I'm probably just playing cook and I would say those are like my two guys and that's it. Uh, cook is not really projected to be particularly highly owned either. So I don't think you have to like even hedge against yourself in tournaments. Like you can kind of play him and, you know, obviously based on what we talked about, he's maybe an ideal tournament play, but, uh, any, any other tight ends that you're interested in maybe in a tournament setting that we haven't talked about? I mean, you could always hit like, uh, I don't know, maybe like a Ricky Sills Jones type thing. If you really, really want to go cheap but i don't really think i'm gonna do that i really think i'm gonna take whichever like mid-range wide receiver i might have played and just turn him into zach Ertz in most of my lineups yeah i like it and uh shout out to michael dubner who just followed the stream really appreciate the love mike uh yeah i mean rsj like my only real concern you know we know the routes are up the targets are up 
I just I'm worried that like they're not going to have to throw in this game, and right. it, if they do, it'll be the DJ and Fitz first, and and Ricky Seals Jones third. So if they don't have to throw, he probably doesn't see a ton of volume. Um, but I definitely I definitely like the process on him, and I'm I'm certainly considering him. I mean, under three K is really cheap. Like there's been like the right, last, like. No, I was just saying, like, for the last month, we, like, haven't been able to find a tight end under, like, 4K that we liked. So, under right. 3K, <laughs> exactly. I feel like it's uh, pretty good. Yeah, 2,900, you you know, you catch a touchdown and maybe, like, two other catches and you're you're at least at value and you're feeling good about it. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the defense where, uh, you know, Zona at home against the Raiders for 3,100 and the Steelers at 2,900 on the road. Uh, those appear to be the two most popular defensive picks this week. Do you have any interest in either for cash? I know that I know that the brand for us is that we're not going to play them in tournaments. But yeah, these are these are far too expensive for for <laughs> cash. I, I don't know about this. Um, I, I guess my lean would be Arizona, just because like Oakland is so bad. Like you can make all the Bortles jokes you want and be like, oh, we should probably play Pittsburgh, but like Oakland is like a complete dumpster fire right now. So I would prefer them, but there's like a 0% chance that I'm playing them in more than like one lineup. Yeah. I mean, I think we've arrived at the point where like car and Bortles is like the Spider-Man meme where they're like pointing at each other. Like that's, (laughs) that's car and Bortles at this point. I think that we finally arrived there. Uh, but I'm with you like for cash, like I'm, I'm just never going to go that high. I, I shouldn't say never, but in most cases I'm not going to, uh, I'm trying to spend like 2400 or less probably in right. cash. Um, yep. And since I brought that up, I'm actually just going to go ahead and talk about my favorite cash defense. Uh, or one of my favorites, I guess. I, I actually think that like the sub 2400 or 2500 range is like flush with good plays. Um, but like the freaking Saints are nine point favorites at home and they're 2100. Like I know yep. that. I know that the defense isn't good, and I'm sure that they'll give up some points. But, like, we talk about it all the time. Like, it's not about points allowed. It's yeah. about interactions. It's about actions. It's about sacks. It's about picks. And, uh, you know, when you're winning a game big with the crowd behind you, you have a really good shot to get those stats. So, uh, New Orleans 2100 is, like, right in the driver's seat right now, I'd say, to be my cash defense. Yep, full agree. If it, it may be, if not, like the other, like I could see making an argument. Like I know Eli was like the goat last week, but he was a living animal last week. That's as far as what we're <laughs> going to go with Eli right now. But maybe Tampa Bay might make some sense at 2200. Like even if they end up losing that game, like you could still see two picks and like a ton of sacks. Like, I think JPP is going to probably get to Eli like three times this weekend. So, Ooh, revenge narrative for JPP. Love it. Um, yeah, I, I like that call. I think in tournaments, like I still don't really have to leave this range. Like, you know, you, you, can, you, can, you can pair the Giants with Saquon. Uh, you know, a lot of sacks and obviously a lot of turnovers coming from Tampa of late. Uh, so I think you can do that. Uh, and I like Cincy if we get, you know, basically not Flacco at quarterback. Because, you know, they just fired the D.C. There's a lot of talent still on that defense, especially in the defensive line. And, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson took eight sacks in 88 dropbacks in the preseason. Um, certainly think that he is liable to be sacked in this game as well. And RG3 is just like a human point machine for opposing DSTs. So yep. uh, those are my two, I think, in GPDs. All right. We're going to do something new here at the end of the show. Instead of giving our Millie Maker specials and bold calls, uh, we're going to build a Millie Maker lineup on the show. Now, to meet terms of service, you know, we have to leave you a 2v2. So we're going to give out seven of the nine spots for a Millie Maker team. I mean, our goal here, you know, we're not trying to give you a lineup for you to set play on draft. Like, uh, that's not what we want to do. We're not trying to go out and give lineups out that you guys use. Uh, but our goal really is just to give you a look at how construction is going to work for the week and obviously have a little fun. So we're going to kind of just go round robin style. You know, obviously when we have a three man, this will be a little more interesting. But uh, Jones, I will give you the first pick. 
who would you like at any position this week in the lineup? I will. <clears throat> I said it before. I don't know. Do we we want to go like chalky the first few spots or? You can do whatever you want, Jones. You can go right. off the board. You can go chalk, whatever you want. All right. Well, since I said it before, we, we got to lock in uh, Mike Evans first then. All right, cool. Yeah, I was going to say, you said he'd be in the in the Millie Maker lineup this week. Uh, so certainly we have to make that happen. And uh, shout out to uh, shout out to Bear who took down the uh, the Millie last week. Oh yeah, by the boy. way, yeah. So shout out to him. He got that uh, he got that bank transfer this weekend uh, this during the week. So congrats, good <laughs> That's for you. Incredible. That's a lot of zeros, man. <laughs> um, I'm going to take Rich Homie Kwan at running back. So we've we've spent up a little bit. We maybe have to save a little bit here, Jones. Uh, but the ball is in your court. Who would you like next? I like it. Um, why don't we? Uh, I guess why don't we throw throw Lewis in there? Dion Goat. Let's see. All right, perfect. Forty eight ish left. It's yeah, I'm gonna good. I'm gonna go ahead and stack Barkley with the Giants D, so we can get uh, our average remaining per player up a little bit. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, let's go. Uh, no, I can't do that. I can't go cheaper at tight end after the stink I made about Ertz. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, ooh, geez. See, all right, so if you're going to have to eat some chalk, well, we kind of already ate some chalk, actually. Um, why don't we go Why don't we go Fitz at wide receiver? All right. I like it. A little differentiation in the Arizona spot. Um, we don't have a QB receiver stack yet, so... The Rosen, right? There's the goat. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> uh, just a matter of what quarterback I want to play. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to put Fitzmagic in because we're heavy on Giants. Um, man, it's tough because, you know, uh, Roethlisberger is obviously my favorite, but I know you really like Luck. So, uh, I'll, I'm going to do you a solid here, Jonesy. Let's go with Luck. All right. And uh, you will, I assume, complete the stack. But you don't yeah, have to. Um, geez, no pressure. Yeah, so I guess that means we're uh, going Ryan Grant, right? Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> so we'll throw TY in there and uh, leave 4,600, right? Yeah, so we have uh, right now the lineup is Andrew Luck, Saquon Barkley, Deion Lewis, Mike Evans, Larry Fitzgerald, TY Hilton, and the Giants D. Uh, the tight end and the flex spots are both open, but you have $9,200 total salary to work with. So, I mean, you still have enough room there if you want uh, to get, you know, like a Zach Ertz in or someone like that. You can if you go super, super cheap at flex. Yeah. Um, but the moral of the story here is that, uh, you know, you have $9,200 left, $4,600 per position. Spend wisely. Uh, yeah, but that's it. Yeah, I, I like that because you figure you can really uh... – you can really figure some things out and, um, you know, sort of like nail just a couple of games in that, right? Like Indy, mm-hmm. Indy, Tennessee, and then the Giants, Tampa Bay. Like you only have to get a couple of things right to for that lineup to make sense. So I like it. Yeah. You know, we always want to build a narrative. Uh, and you guys can kind of see, because these are some of the guys we talked about in cash games as well. Like when you have Saquon and Dion. It does let you do a bunch of other stuff in the lineup when you're cheap at D because we haven't really sacrificed anywhere. I feel like, you know, we still have all plays that I think we really like. Uh, we still have $4,600 left per spot. So uh, you don't have to go yeah. crazy. And, uh, you know, that's it. Uh, Dubner in the chat says, can we phone in Jones's friend to give us this week's winning lineup in the middle? <laughs> well, <laughs> We don't have any bears at our disposal right now, so I don't know. We uh, he he went pretty heavy on Chicago last yeah. week. So. Played five bears, including the defense. So um, yeah. he's I mean, just, maybe he'll he's win the showdown like, this week. It's the dream too, because he only threw in one lineup. Oh yeah, that's the that's the play, right? Like that's just like that's that's the ultimate thing for DraftKings to like pimp, right? Like 100%. just make one lineup, just. Just throw $20 in and win a million dollars. Yeah, it's incredible. Turn 20 into a million. That's the dream. Uh, I mean, I'm certainly hoping to do it. (laughs) Uh, But that's going to do it for this edition of On The Daily. Please be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Get in the Listener League. Uh, If you're checking this out on Twitch, make sure you hit that follow button. 
So you can check us out every week when we go live. Hopefully we don't have the same kind of technical issues that we had this week. Um, and if you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button as well so you can catch the video version of this after we record. Uh, you know, for Matt and uh, other Matt, who's not here, I'm Anthony Miko. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to On The Daily, the Rotoviz Daily fantasy sports podcast powered by Rotoviz Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Ready, set, save California. It's sellathon time this Labor Day at your California Ford dealer. Get ready for the best offers of the summer on the 2019 Ford lineup, like an adventure ready Explorer or the all new built Ford Tough Ranger. Or get behind the wheel of the 2019 Ford. Ford F-150 with the power, toughness, and capability to carry any payload. You've waited all summer for these deals, and the wait is over. So ready, set, save. The Labor Day Salathon is on now, but don't wait. These deals won't last. Hurry into your California Ford dealer before it all ends September 3rd.